Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A with the Pastor Nick Plummer. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Oh, you're welcome. It's good to be here. It, it is my pleasure to welcome you That's <laughs> into right. your office. That's right. While well, we have it. Yeah, while well, we have it. Exactly yeah. right. Praise God. All right. So uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, you know the email address. It's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. We want your prayer requests, your feedback, any comments, concerns, questions, whatever you got. Shoot them my way, Ryan, at twopraise.net. Um, I did mention that we are starting to work on our social media stuff. We're getting those accounts set up and getting some stuff ready to go. Um, we've even got some ideas and stuff for, for the future, so stay tuned for all of that stuff. And then, as always, please like and share uh, the podcast. You know, share it on your social media. Help us out. Help us get the word out to folks because, you know, the bottom line here is that we are just trying to take the veil of mystery off of the Torah and show Christians that it not only is it not bondage, but there is life and truth and blessing built right here in God's teachings and instructions, a.k.a. His Torah. And so help us out with that. We really appreciate it. As always, we love you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, this week, oh my gosh, you know, we record these on Tuesdays, right? And uh, Tommy Waller from Hyavel is going to be here with us, and I'm so excited. Listen, I just am so excited to have him coming, and so I hope you guys uh, are excited as well. If you're here local, you do not want to miss Saturday or Monday uh, this coming week. That's uh, going to be Saturday uh, is the 13th, and then the Monday is the 15th. Um, Saturday will be at 11 o'clock. Monday will be at 7 p.m. And so you're going to want to be here. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. He's bringing you a word from Judea and Samaria, from the biblical heartland of Israel, a good report. And wow, I feel like that might be relevant for today's Torah portion. A good spy is coming. That's what I'm talking about. So jumping right in, we are studying the Torah portion, Shalech Lecha, which means send forth. And this is found in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 13 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 15 and verse 41. That's right. So Numbers is the journey to God's rest land. And at the beginning of the journey, we're going to find that there were 603,550 of one generation. And then, of course, we're going to discover that at the end of the journey, 601,730 of another generation. So the numbers are less. You know, it's interesting how when you start out in something, everyone's excited, everybody's there. It's kind of like when you do a series of te- teachings at a church or something, uh, or a class, and then the numbers start to dwindle. But, but you know, it's okay. Or like a podcast, you know. Everybody was all cooped up for the coronavirus, and there was like, you know, thousand people a week listening. We're and gonna, then... It's okay. They're going to come back. They will. You know, like a, like a uh, boomerang. So the book of Numbers is a fascinating book, and I can't reiterate it enough. Uh, three key words are service war and wilderness service war and wilderness are three key words 
And then, of course, this book is broken up into three parts. It's so important that you know this, that you know this, because we know that uh, it's important to know these three parts. Uh, Chapters 1 through 9 is at Sinai. This is the preparation for the journey. Uh, This, of course, took place within a few weeks. Uh, Chapters 10 to 21 is, of course, to Moab. It is the journey itself, and the time frame is about 39 years. And this is actually where we're at today in our podcast. We are in the journey. Uh, And this, of course, is a time period of 39 years. Last but not least, chapters 22 through 36 is at Moab, at the gate to the land. Uh, The time period for this is a few months. So that terrible episode of Baal Peor was right there where we're, they were at the gate to the land, Ryan, and they, they dropped the ball. Dropped it. So with that, we're going to jump right in and study the book of Numbers. Uh, what an incredible book. And uh, like I said, uh, you're going to see where uh, we have a commission to search Canaan. And uh, the following 12 tribes were represented by their heads to spy out the land. Here they are. It's Reuben, Simeon, Judah, Issachar, Ephraim, Benjamin, Zebulun, Manasseh, Dan, Asher, Naphtali, and Gad. So a leader from each of these tribes would be representative uh, as one to go and to search out the land. I believe that that's uh, something that we're going to see here. It says, And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Hmm. Okay. And so with that, we have a great question here. What was the reason for going into the land, Ryan? Well, it was to spy out the land. To spy out the land. Now, here's the thing, uh, just so we keep it in context. It was to see all the good things that they would receive from the land. It's like, like, hey, come check this out. I want to show you what you're going to be getting. Yeah, you know? yeah, and so exactly. we're going to see how this story develops later on. But, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter 1... I want to read verses 22 through 25 to give you perspective. And you came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. Well, and the saying pleased me well, Moses says, and I took 12 men of you, one of a tribe. So God allowed them to go into the land just to check it out. He said, Okay, I'll let you go into the land and check it out. And they turned and went up into the mountain and came unto the valley of Eshcol and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Of course, there's going to be a but in conjunction there. But once again, think about this. So it was their idea to go into the land, and Moses agreed to it, and the Lord allowed it. Remember that. It wasn't like the Lord was saying, hey, go check out the land and all this. No, they approached him and said, hey, can we check out the land before we take it? Can we just go and spy it out? Uh, The connotation, actually, in the Hebrew, they're saying that uh, the connotation is like a tourist. Go check out the the land, you know, like you're going to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. So the spies entered the land from the south, which is the south country. Uh, This is actually Judah's territory. Now Moses told them to bring back the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. The grape harvest begins in July and August in Israel. Uh, Probably late July, but you know, remember now, June 20th, I believe, is the summer season. Summer is going to be upon us, and I will be teaching about the season of summer to warn you 
that this is the best time, uh, the most important time to be spiritual and have your spiritual antennas up. Why do you say that, Pastor Nick? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the spring feasts have been fulfilled. Shavuot has been fulfilled. We know that God has given us his Torah, his Holy Spirit, and prophetically we are in the feast of Shavuot. So the summer months is what's between us and the fall feasts. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you're going to look at the three weeks of affliction, which will start actually in July. It's actually the time period, Ryan. I'm glad you're so interested in this and, and, and looking very inquisitive. <laughs> From the Golden Calf incident to the 9th of Av. So oh, yeah. Tammuz 17 to the 9th of Av is th- th- called the three weeks of affliction. And it's a, it's a it's a time period where it's bad things happened. Yes, you know the golden calf and the destruction of both temples. And so once again, uh, I mean, anytime you have a month named Tammuz, I feel like bad stuff is going to happen. Tammuz being the Semiramis, d- yeah, exactly. Nimrod, exactly. Not good. Not good. So the great harvest begins in July and August in Israel. Once again, how you help Jewish farmers to actually harvest um, over like I guess 350 tons of grapes. And, of course, Ryan and his son were able to go uh, in, in January, uh, I believe. Was it January? Uh, yeah, January 28th through and February And he did 11th. some pruning. Him and his son, uh, Christian, did some pruning over there, and that was exciting. And you know what's crazy is to, to go over there and to prune, right? Everything was dry and yeah. all this stuff. And then now seeing, like, Joshua Waller uh, give, did a video for our congregation um, this was it this past week or the week before the agriculture, yeah. And then to look it's behind green. him and just see all this green, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's insane. So, so what three types of fruit did the spies bring back from the land? They brought back grapes, pomegranates, and figs. Okay, so just know the season that we're going into, everybody. As a matter of fact, I guess in June to November is actually the hurricane season for Florida, so we got to pray against those things. You know, for um, uh, to be Shavat, which is um, you know the the date where the that annual cycle for. Um, agriculture starts for how old is a tree, like how old is this crop? Oh, so like, hey, the second year, the third year, that type of thing. So to be Shvat, um, they call it the, you know, the birthday for trees or whatever, right. tree day, arbor day in Israel. But it, it's it's got more depth and meaning. But what's cool <clears throat> is for to be Shvat, they do a Seder, a to be Shvat Seder, and we did it when we were there. And it was a really cool experience. I'd never done anything like that before. But you know what? We're sitting there, and we just have these plates full of the fruits of the land, Pigs, pigs, pomegranates, uh, grapes, dates, uh, apricots, all grown right there in the land of Israel. I mean, we're just talking about just, I mean, I couldn't eat it fast enough. You know what I mean? It was just so cool to have the fruit of the land right there on your plate, you know? That is awesome. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that, you know, it's a neat experience to bring an awareness, you know? Absolutely. That's one thing that, that everyone that's listening to this podcast needs to understand. You know, don't disrespect Judaism, you know? Among the Jewish people, respect it because here's the thing: that's how they practice their faith. But here's the thing about Judaism: it, it, it allows you, it causes you to slow down, yeah, and take steps, and it's a process. And then people call that legalism or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is, how many of you know that you that are listening to this podcast know that you need to slow down? You need a time of reflection, and so that's another thing too that uh, we need to also consider: a time of reflection. So it took the twelve spies forty days to spy out the land. And the spies said that the land flowed with milk and honey. Boy, isn't that good? Numbers 13, 27. So once, once again, you know, we're going to have all kinds of things happening here. Uh, it took the 12 spies 40 days to spy out the land, which is probably typical if they're, they're on foot. And in Numbers 13, 30, would you like to read that verse, Ryan? Oh, absolutely. So Numbers 13, 30 says... 
And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Wow. Cool. So, so, so what kind of report was given by the majority of the spies in regard to their mission? Caleb's given a good report. Joshua gives a good report. But what, what, what report was given by the ten, uh, ten other leaders? An evil report. Evil report. Not good. Evil report. So think about that, everybody. An evil report is not a good report. And so the people murmur. The people murmur. You know what? Let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 10, Ryan. I don't want to leave you out of this. I'm so jacked up and fired up over this. Oh, don't you worry. Don't you worry. I got my notes here. Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 10. Let's just check out the murmuring now when they hear the evil report. Okay, let's let's hear it. So it says here, uh, the title is The People Rebel. And so uh, chapter 14 and verse 1, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the Lamb, for they are bread for us. Their, def- their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Bum, wow. Bum. You know, I, w- I want to go back because I know that we, we kind of just touched on this, Ryan. In Numbers 13, 32, they brought back an evil report. But let's, I, I want to read verse 32. No, you read verse 32 and 33 because what, what consists of this evil? So what was the evil report? And Ryan's going to read uh, verse 32 and 33 of 13. All right. And they brought, they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in their own sight, in our own sight, as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Wow. So, so all the children of Israel lifted up their voices, cried and wept that night after they heard the evil report. Uh, you know, Mike brought out a good point last night, Ryan, him and I were talking, and, and he said, you know, that these leaders never went to Moses and Aaron. No. They came in and just blurted out an evil report Ooh, to the people. Oh, yeah, no bueno. There was, there was no, you know, there was no protocol, no chain of command. Nope. They just came back and says, you know, gave an evil report. And, and, and it affected so many people. Yeah, no, this it's is... At least 1.5 million people, I would say. I want you to think about the people that have lost blessings because 
people around them say, oh, you want to go to Israel? Why would you do that? It's so dangerous over there. There's like war and whatever, you know? The exact same thing. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm watching the news and Minneapolis looks like Syria right now. You know what I mean? New York has got a plague and they got I people saw riding in the, the Bronx, streets. There's a police car on fire. Oh, it's insane. So wow. I'm just saying like, sure, some things happen in Israel here and there, but no more than what's happening here where we live in quote unquote civilized society, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is that God has his hand of protection over the land of Israel because if he didn't, it wouldn't be there. It would have been wiped off the map long ago because they have overcome odds that were against them that are, if you're a betting man, you wouldn't bet on it. You That's know what I'm good. So, so who murmured against Moses and Aaron, but all the children of Israel. Oh, no bueno. You know, and of course the congregation said that their wives and children would be a prey if they entered the land. And of course the children of Israel wanted to appoint a captain and return to Egypt. You know, once again, I want you to be thinking about this. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, 10 leaders influenced over 1.5 million people. Every single person has influence. Those of you that are listening, you have influence. Matter of fact, you can, you can change the tide. You can change the course. You know, you can say that the glass, you know, is half full instead of the glass is half empty. You know, uh, you can be positive. You know, we should be positive about these prophecies as evangelicals, as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, that the Jewish people are back in the land, that Israel is a country, that Jerusalem is fully reunited now. Uh, Even our embassy for the United States of America is there. You know, there's a lot of positive things. The land is growing and developing, you know. And of course, when this all takes place, here's, here's an interesting lesson that we can all follow. The two people that fell on their faces before all the assembly was Moses and Aaron. You know, think about it. You know, even in regards to uh, injustice or racism or all these things that we're seeing in the earth today, we can make a difference. We can educate people. We can turn it around, you know. And and like I said, you know, me being a pastor, you know, there are bad pastors. Yeah. Just like there's bad cops and there's good cops. Oh, yeah. But I believe in justice. Jesus always believed in justice. Absolutely. And so with that, we can pray for justice. Yes. You know, but we can't act rash and, 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 and stupidity. We, ha- we have to be smart enough, have wisdom to know that we pray for justice and then we work towards justice. Matter of fact, the civil laws are all throughout the Torah. And vengeance. How to treat people. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So the thing about, even in our society, the Torah teaches about justice. Yeah. It teaches how to treat one another, even people's <laughs> possessions and, and boundary markers and mm. property lines. And it's, it's amazing, you know. When it talks about the stranger, the ones that are not like you necessarily, right? And how to treat them and how they become part of, of your family. Remember, you were strangers. Because exactly. Because remember, you were strangers in a strange land. And so um, the way we treat the quote unquote stranger, right? Those that are not like us. Uh, is a big testimony to our character, and God says it so right here in his Torah. So, Ryan, why don't you take us from question number seven? Oh, you know what? You are right on point, because this is exactly where I was going to start jumping in. Well, I'm so... I, just, I, I need to... Uh, I need to. You must have oil in your lamp. No, I want to drink some coffee. <laughs> you but must have coffee in your Go ahead and share. All question right. number seven. All right, so of the 12 spies, which two gave a good report? It was Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Now, the congregation hears their good report, 
Because remember, you have 10 spies that come in and they say it. So like this is the quote unquote majority of, of the opinion, right? The public opinion turns on Joshua and Caleb. And so everybody's jumping on board with the don't go into the land. It's going to swallow us up, you know, rhetoric. Um, you know, quote unquote, CNN for 24 hours is playing. Look at the giants in the land. Look at these cities with their high walls. And look, they literally look like grasshoppers. You know, you can just, you can see the, the news coverage on, uh, you know, and, and we know what, wait, it's fake news. <laughs> Listen, this isn't applicable to anything we have going on today, right? So the glory of the Lord appears in the tabernacle of the congregation at this point. So the congregation wants to stone Joshua and Caleb, and God shows up. It's almost like he's like makes his presence known. He says, "Hey, hey, hey, I'm here." So Joshua and Caleb would have been the ones to say this, Ryan, and then I'll let you I'll let you finish. But yeah. but Joshua and Caleb would have been like, you know, they're hearing, "Oh, there's giants and there's fortified cities," and Joshua and, <laughs> and Caleb come back and they say, "But did you see the size of those grapes?" <laughs> Exactly right. And he says, let's go possess it. Let's go right now. I mean, that's that's faith, right? That That is faith. Not just an argument, but hey, let's go. Come with me. Let's do this. You know, if only God would have allowed their faith to kind of stand in the way for all the rest of these folks. So the Lord wanted to smite the children of Israel with pestilence and disinherit them. And so um, obviously we know why this happened or why this was. And so the Lord wanted to take Moses and make a greater nation mightier than the children of Israel. And so uh, Moses ends up interceding for them and the Lord pardons them because of Moses and he spares their lives. So there's a little bit in here that we could talk about intercession, but I want to jump in just if we can for a quick second to last week's half Torah. All right. So I'm reading through the half Torah last week in Zechariah. Ah, look at he's giving me funny looks. He's like, anytime he doesn't know where I'm going with this, I feel excited because then it's like, you know, maybe, maybe I can throw something in there, you know? So last week's uh, half tour was in the book of Zechariah. It was uh, chapter two, starting in verse 10 and ending in chapter four and verse 17. And there's a couple different things here that are, are a little bit disparate that you would think they're not necessarily related. But then I'm reading this week's Torah portion and I'm reading about Joshua and Caleb and Joshua, Caleb being two spies or two witnesses, right? Right. And so um, we read here in, uh, in chapter 2, in verse 10, it says here, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto thee. And the Lord shall inherit Judah for his portion in the holy land and shall choose Jerusalem again. Wow. So, and of course, in your setting up, that's the title for the Torah portion last week, Beha Alakha. It's Zechariah chapter 2, verse 10, all the way through chapter 4, verse 7. That's good, Ryan. That, and that's a reading from the prophets. It is. This is from, from Zechariah. So then we jump into chapter 3, and it talks about the close of the high priest. And here it's talking about Joshua or Yeshua. Right, so here I think that there's some messianic prophecies. Here it talks about the branch and some things. Yeah, but it's interesting. It says, and he shows Joshua was Levitical, a priest. I believe so. I believe it was the high priest at the time's name was Joshua, Um, but I don't know that. So if you if you know the answer to this, who is the Joshua of Zechariah chapter three? 
send me an email, ryan at twopraise.net, because I was doing some research on it, and I haven't found the answer to that yet. Um, but here it is. It says, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord hath chosen Jerusalem. Rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood with him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head, so that it, uh, so they set a fair mitre on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, we've heard these words before, right? Walk in my ways, keep my charge, and thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. So obviously this is a, uh, a messianic, prophecy talking about the branch will come forth um but here's where it gets interesting are you ready yeah. I, th I think you're ready he's ready so now we get into a prophecy about the lampstand and i'm going to try to paraphrase most of this but i'm going to read some of it so it says and the angel that uh talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me what seest thou and i said and i i said i have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So he says, this is what I see. He asks, what, um, what are these olive trees? He says, what are these olive trees? What are these olive trees? And so uh, he talks about Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel being the, the one you know, charted, um, commissioned to build the tabernacle or the, the temple. This is, we jump down to verse 11, and he asks, you know, who, what are these two, um, two olive trees? And he says, then, I an then answered I and said unto him, what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, what be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? So these olive trees are are taking literally olive oil and pouring it into the candlestick, right? And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Wow, now, two witnesses. Two witnesses. Just like Joshua and Caleb. Just like Good Joshua tie -in. and Caleb. I was looking for that tie. -in. I know you were waiting. And Zechariah is actually the bridge to the book of Revelation, Ryan. Oh, it is. Because Daniel's the, the skeleton of prophecy. That's where you go in Daniel. Right. And then, of course, Zechariah is the bridge to take you to the book of Revelation. Uh, I heard Perry Stone say that years ago, and it is true. Yeah. Well, and these two witnesses are giving the Holy Spirit, right? So they're pouring the Holy Spirit into the 
into this light, right? To give the light out to the people. And they're the ones with this message. Hey, listen. That's good. We're giving you the message so that God the land has is good. Witnesses. God's promise wow. is true. God's promise is good. And, but the people end up rejecting you it. You know, some of you are in the Federal Witness Protection Program and you need to come out. Okay? Just like, you know, it's time for Christians to come out of the closet. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it, you know, what influence you could have, man. You know, and when you're grafted into the olive tree of Israel, Ryan, you are a, you are a servant and you are a witness. Absolutely. And you're his sons and daughters, you know. Um, so uh, basically, you know, did the Lord pardon the people because of Moses and spare their lives? The answer is yes. Oh, yeah. As you have asked, I have done. And you know what? I love the next verse in verse 21 of chapter 14 of Numbers. But as truly as I live... All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Amen. You know, and I've shared this before and I'll share it again, everyone. God's glory comes when we're honest. Mm. So when you're sincere, you know, people will go see signs and wonders and that's all well and good or, or sensationalism, whatever you want to call it, hype. Even if they're signs and lying wonders. But the thing is, his glory will come. His glory will come. When we're honest and sincere. So the question is, Ryan, why is the act of personal intercession better than pointing the finger in judgment at others who have fallen short? So should we speak ill of the president or should we be praying for him? Um, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say we should be praying for him. For the sake of this conversation. And really any conversation. Thank you. And let's pray for Twitter that just shuts down. No. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway. For both Twitter you know, and his and, sake. And this is a good conversation to have because here's the thing, everyone. We want to follow biblical principles, okay? We want to father, fo follow the, uh, the biblical ways. So we don't have to approve of President Trump's behavior, but we do have to pray for him, you know? And no one gets a free pass for bad behavior or putting other people down. Uh, nobody really gets a free pass for that. That's, that's definitely wrong um, in any way. But as we develop this interesting thing, uh, the Lord is going to present a case... And once again, I want to encourage all of this. This is a word for somebody right now. Somebody is really bugging you and irking you. You need to pray for them. Just lift them up. Cast your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. That's a word for somebody right now. Somebody just has irked you so much that you just can't even think of anything else. You're thinking, how am I going to deal with this person? How am I going to deal with this situation? Listen, just begin to intercede. Begin to intercede. Because here's the interesting thing. So God, this is good, Ryan. God's going to pardon the people. But look what happens here. He says to the people, right? Because he says to the people, you have tempted me 10 times. You have refused to hearken to his voice. And, and that's the question. 10 times they didn't hearken to his voice or listen. And 10 is a minion. So here's the 10 times, Ryan. And it's 10 bad spots. Yeah. Basically, here, here's the thing. Two temptations at the Red Sea. That's two. Demanding water twice, that's two, that's four. Uh, demanding food twice, that's six. Uh, demanding flesh twice, that puts us at eight tests. Eight times they tested the Lord. The ninth one is the golden calf incident, and the tenth was, is, is just puts the Father right over the edge, God right over the edge, the 12 spies. He says, that's it. So we're going to develop this story. So, um, so 10 times they did this to the Lord. Uh, and there, there it is right there. There's the proof. Uh, Numbers 14, 29. Ryan, would you like to read that? 
Numbers 1429. Go ahead and take it from there. That's question number 10, I believe, on our outline. Ah, I see it. I see it. That little verse. It says, Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Man. So, like, if you're 19 and a half, you make it. You were saying that last night. 19 and three quarters. I got a little mixed up. Yeah, if you're, if you're 20 and up, you're done. Yeah, that's rough. That's, 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 not, that's, that's rough. So who are the only two people mentioned over 20 who will go into the land? So we know that it's Caleb and Joshua. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And why is it that they make it in? Why do you think? Good report. Because they had a good report. You know, I'm thankful for this because, you know, many times we feel like we get thrown in with everyone else, right? We get tossed into the mix. Hey, you're this, you're that. You get the title thrown on you. But here God is saying, no, no, no. Those that were righteous, I'm going to pull them out and say, I have a special blessing. I'm going to protect you. Why? Because they stayed undercover. They stayed undercover. We're reading a book called Undercover right now. So it's just in case you're wondering why I got excited about that. So did the Lord say that he would bring their little ones into the land? Yes, he did. So in other words, uh, they were fearful for their children. Right. Moses intercedes for the people, and this is the compromise that God came up with. He said, you know what? The next generation. There is hope for the next generation. That's and, good. And that's a word for us today. We look out there, and look, man, I don't I don't know. I'm still pretty young, so I'm going to still blame it on the generations before me of why everything's so messed up out there in the world right now. But there is hope for the next generation. If we can raise the next generation right, don't look at me like that. That's what we're going to do. Then that's what we're going to do. We're Get to work. Raise up the next generation. And so, um, uh, Numbers 14.34. Why don't you read Numbers 14.34? Oh, good. I get to read a Look little bit. Look at you, yeah. After the number of the days in which he searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and you shall know my breach of promise. So, Ryan, this is a breach of promise. Listen up, everybody. There's like a whole message oh, built listen, into that. Oh, listen, listen. This is so powerful. I mean, this has really startled me personally, but Yeshua passed the test by spending 40 days in the wilderness, and then he began his ministry. See, we have to build up our resistance. You know, don't, don't fall for, for, you know, for the, the pillaging of the cities to find justice or, or, or looting or, or these, these violent acts. That's not the answer. So, so the thing that I want to share with you is that you need to build your resistance up to putting other people down, to be negative to talk about ministers or ministries, Lashon, Hurrah. Listen, there's so much to do throughout the day. Be positive. But you can actually come out of the wilderness. You know, someone said to me, man, I'm, God's got me in the wilderness. I said, well, get out because you're not supposed to stay there. Yeah. The wilderness is a place of empowerment to prepare you for something, you know. And I believe right now, as I'm sharing this message, I just got a little download, a little inspiration from the Holy Spirit. God is preparing us for our inheritance right now. Things the things are being moved and, and shuffled around. There's a shaking going on because God wants to give you your inheritance. And so the breach of promise in this particular verse of, of verse 34 of chapter 14 of Numbers, it means, listen, God says, listen, you altered my purpose. And that's what the breach of promise means. There's been a breach, a break, the altering of my purpose. And so, you know, when we see that, we need to understand What's going on here? So if we go to Hebrews to get a better understanding, if we go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9, this is what it says. 
So if God wants to give them the land, Ryan, why would the 10 come back and say, we can't take it, but God promised it. Like you're going to really, you're, you're really not going to get the land that God's a liar, right? Your father lied. Your father set you up for failure. I don't believe that. So check this out in Hebrews chapter four, verse nine, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Okay. And by the way, in, in the Greek, that means <laughs> keeping of the Sabbath. So, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. That word unbelief is disobedience. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. <clears throat> Ryan, what this is saying is that if God's word is not in you and true, then you are a liar. And God's word is going to find you out whether you want the promises of God or whether you really want this inheritance. Or not. It's going gonna, it's gonna to call you out. That's what God's word is going to do. So here's the thing, everyone. We believe that the whole house of Israel is made up of Jews and non-Jews. There's wild branches, and of course, there's natural branches, okay? Once you were far away, Christ has brought you near. You are part of the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2. So what are you saying, Pastor Nick? You know, as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, we've got to pursue this, you know? This word unbelief is simply disobedience, and it also means obstinacy, or obstinacy. Think about it, to be obstinate. Uh, and here's the catch unwillingness to be persuaded. So here's Joshua Caleb. Come on, we can take the land. God's given us this land. And, and guess what? The people were unwilling to be persuaded. Now, Ryan, if we go back up to chapter three, verse 19, the last verse of chapter three of Hebrews, it says, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. This is a different word. This, this word is apistia. Apistia, okay? So unwillingness to be persuaded is this word, unbelief or disobedience. This is unfaithfulness, Ryan, that you are unfaithful. Mm. Now think about it, Ryan. If he gives us the promise to go into the land and all these things, he's counting on us to pursue it and to do it. Just like uh, Yovel was saying, we need boots on the ground. We actually need physical people in the land of Israel. We need physical people in the land of Israel of Israel. So remember, the breach of promise means the altering of my purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And so the question begs in our little discussion here is how has the Hebrew roots uh, movement missed the purposes of God today? You know, it's interesting, you know, the infighting. Yeah. You know, when you look at the uh, Northern Kingdom, Ryan, and all the kings of the Northern Kingdom, you know, man, it was, it was tough. Yeah. There wasn't one righteous king among that Northern Kingdom when God divided it. But God's going to bring it together. But the infighting is horrible. The, the Lishan Harah, the, the bashing of ministers or ministries or one another is not good. The bashing of the church is not good. Uh, remember, if, if you're practicing your faith and you're going after your inheritance, boy, you don't have time for any negativity. You just don't have time for that. Well, and, and it's, you kind of stepped right into the point that I was about to make, which is, you know, people within the Hebrew roots, they have so much knowledge um, in to that and that's a good thing you know praise god for studying the bible and getting into the word of god right 
The problem is when we use it as a weapon and it puffs us up with that knowledge and we become prideful. And then that pride causes us to look out and become hypercritical of everyone else. And, you know, the, the enemy will allow this knowledge or the enemy will cause this knowledge to be twisted. Right. And then if we're using it as a weapon against others, right. then guess what? We have absolutely missed the point. And it, it causes us to ultimately leave our first love. How many people do we know that got into the Hebrew roots and that they ultimately ended up denying Yeshua? Why? Because they thought in some way, shape, or form that they were smarter than Yeshua, the one that wrote the Torah in the first so place. So if God's word gets into us, Ryan, oh, we yeah. have to match to the word. That's right. We're not going to let the word match to us. So that's why he, it's a discerner. That's right. And that's why, thoughts Paul, and that's why Paul talks about, um, you know, looking into a mirror uh, or as one looks into a mirror and deceives himself, right? right? Yeah. The, the, the scriptures are a mirror, right? We should look into the scriptures and let the, the scriptures are showing us, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of ourselves. So if we're looking into it and then we are not seeing uh, ourselves in it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? That's and right. having a realization of, of where God through the Holy Spirit wants us to make our improvements, then we're deceiving ourselves and we've missed the whole point. That's and, right. And I think that that's, that's the danger um, within the Hebrew roots. And, and that's, that's why we receive so much critical or criticisms from the, the church at large, right? You go on the internet and you search Hebrew roots. Man, there's a lot of people out there bashing the Hebrew roots. But yet we know that this is not a move of God. This is the move of God. So how do we right. reconcile the two? The, there's 10 bad spies and two good ones. And here we are. You know, this is good, Ron. I, I'm going to tell you why. Because you know what? There's, you, this is so funny. You know, I could write a book right now about how not to do ministry. Well, how about all the things that roots? I did, yeah. all my mistakes. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I've, I've really focused on to, to be positive, to be productive, to be creative. You know, yeah. we've, we've been doing this. But I want to throw something out uh, to, to everyone real quick here. Uh, if you would like to have, we have a prayer sheet that's front and back and, and things to pray in the Bible and different things, things the Lord has put on our heart. If you would like a copy of that, just contact us at info at twopraise.net. My secretary will check it, and we will send you the prayer sheet that we use every Monday to pray for because we have a dynamic prayer ministry with worship and prayer and everything. So so if you are interested, say, hey, Pastor Nick, I'm, I'm really looking at prayer in a new light, in a new way. I'm really going to be praying. I want to pray. I want to block everything out and just focus on my prayers. Could you send me that sheet? And we will send you that at info at twopraise.net. T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E dot net. So just go info at. We'll check our, our emails and we will send you that prayer sheet. It's a front and back and you're going to really like it, how it's set up. And you can actually do it yourself. So I'm going to let uh, Ryan take over from here. We're at Numbers 1435. All right. So the Lord described the congregation as evil. Oh, now I don't ever want to be described by the Lord as evil. What do we want to hear? We want to hear, well, well done, done, good, good and faithful, faithful servant. servant. Look at that. We know the words together <laughs> verbatim. When Moses told the people that they would not enter the land of promise, they mourned greatly. Man, this... Regrets. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is what it is in the Greek in the, in the New Testament. I can tell you from personal experience, there is no worse emotion than regret. Oh. God, regret is just the worst of the worst of the worst. Thank, thank God for his son and what he did for us on the cross. Amen? Man. He took our shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Moses warned the people not to go up and take the land because the Lord would not be among them. So, you know, it's so funny. He tells them, right? Because God knows us well enough to know exactly what we're going to do before we do it, right? So he says, Hey, you're not going into the land, and they mourn. And he says, "Hey, um, one more thing. 
don't try to do this without me because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, you know what? Forget you. We're going to go anyways. The ark's not going and Moses isn't yeah, going. exactly right. So then the Amalekites and the Canaanites smote the children of Israel as they entered the land. So they did it anyways. God said, hey, don't do this. And what do they do? <laughs> they do it anyways. You know, and here's a circumstance, Ryan. When you think about the, the 12 spies, it's a circumstance that has to be resolved just like the golden calf. And this is something else that I've noticed in the Bible, that once there's a circumstance and there's a judgment and there's a correction, God gives instructions. Well, so why don't you go ahead that. and take it in regards to that. So once again, here's the thing. So God wants to get them back on track. There's been a little chastisement. There's been a little rebellion, a little coup. We're just warming up for core, aren't we? Oh, man. Oh, oy vey. So what's going to happen now is we're going to have what? Numbers chapter 15. We're going to learn about laws about offerings. Yeah, so Ryan's going to share about that. All right, so um, what does the Lord give instructions about in uh, Numbers 15, verses 1 through 3? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is offerings. So, you know, he, he does make a point, Pastor Nick, that is, about that things like this happen, and then God gives instructions. And normally when this happens, and we kind of see this as a pattern, the pattern is that the instructions are normally about offerings and what to do in order to make it right. How do, how do we get back in line? Well, we need to get back to serving and loving God. Serving That's good. and loving That's God. That's good. And so um, he gives the instructions about the offerings, and then he says this. One ordinance, and this is verses 15 and 16, I apologize, um, in fifth, chapter 15 of Numbers. One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generations. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One law... And one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. Now, this is one of the verses. There's three times, I believe, throughout the Torah that God says this. And he may, there may be more, but this is one of those times where um, it's pretty clear that God is, is making a big blanket statement that, hey, those that want to be in covenant with me need to keep my covenant just as if they were the children of Israel at the base of Mount Sinai. And this is... Uh, for the Jews and the strangers, for the Israelites from the northern kingdom and the strangers, for the mixed multitude, anybody that says, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a part of the congregation and I'm going to serve God, I'm going to be a part of Israel, all of those people, there is one law, one ordinance. Now, this particular uh, part is talking about the laws of offerings. So he says, hey, this is the laws of offerings, and when the stranger is going to come and make an offering, he needs to make the offering in the same way, just as if he were uh, a native born. It also talks about this after he gives laws about Passover. He says, hey, here's the laws for Passover, and oh, by the way, the stranger is going to also keep the Passover in the same manner, and they must be circumcised in order to keep the Passover. And so we see this pattern, right, that he gives some commands, and he says, oh, by the way, I'm giving you some commands. Same for the stranger. That's good. It is good. Those that want to join you, they got to follow the rules. This is how it works. Well, exactly right. Hey, this is my house, you know? I think it's just kind of like Israel mm -hmm. today. They, they passed a law that is a Jewish state, and you can come. You can do visas. You can come visit. You can be there. Come alongside us, and it'll be fine. And I noticed that in, in uh, Zechariah, that portion that I read to you guys earlier, uh, it says that Judah is his portion, right? So he, in the return... Judah will be there first, Judah will be the portion, and he will choose again Jerusalem. So what did they get? They got Judah, the Jewish people, into the land. They got parts of the lands of Judea. Then in 1967, right, they got Jerusalem. So God is going in order of this prophecy, 
And then guess what? Guess what? Then we get to Ezekiel, then you get to like chapter 37, and then they start putting muscles and ligaments and skin on these bones. Well, I tell you, we just got to get into the word, don't we? And it's exceeding great How army. How's he going to do this? And then there's all these people yeah. from the northern yeah. kingdom. An exceeding great army. And then what happens? He says, hey, the valley of dry bones. let's put all these guys in, together. Goes into two sticks. Oh Nobody wants to talk about the two sticks. That's good stuff. Listen, I'm not going to go there too much because I'll, I'll get on a rant. All right, so what happened to the man who gathered sticks on the Sabbath? So now we have an isolated incident. So we have this, these 12 spies. Two give a good report. Ten give a bad report. Yeah. The judgment's rendered. He says, I need these offerings. Here's Let's reiterate these offerings. Then all of a sudden, this little loner out here, this guy decides uh, to... Uh, you want to read that? Uh, I will, but I'll tell you what. Uh, this incident and the incident of Achan in the book of Joshua, uh, I look at those incidents and it puts the fear of God in me. Well, you know, it's basically he's premeditated. God said stoning. Yeah. So he's he's made an example. So let me let me tell all of you something. God is sovereign, and and he decides who lives and who dies. That's well, God he, is sovereign, and right. the firstborn are His. Everything that's firstborn is His. So I'm only sharing that from my own experiences. But just remember this, you know, Nadab and Abihu were, of course, the sons of Levi, who God took because they offered strange fire and they had one too many drinks in the tabernacle. They were inebriated. They, they, were, they didn't have their full faculties. Now, Nadab and Abihu, if you go back and read Exodus 19 and the marriage covenant and all of that, they were actually the ones that were part of the celebration of the marriage feast of receiving the Torah from the Lord and the Lord ate with them. So once again, everyone could be made an example, even in the New Testament with Ananias and Sapphira. We can all be made an example. So this particular gentleman was made to be an example, and it could be any one of us. And so with that, uh, he was, of course, stoned. It says, all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him as the Lord commanded. So here's the thing. In Numbers 15, verses 38 and 39, I'm going to let Ryan share a little bit about that. 38 and 39. So, so in, God uh, is trying to help us. That's right, absolutely. To remember. And, you know, it's funny because he goes through and he gives you all of these commands. But then he says, you know what? I'm going to give you something because clearly you need a reminder. And so this is what it says. I'm going to start in verse 37, actually. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which ye used to go a whoring. That ye remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So, God's grace and mercy. So people think, oh, look at those those zitzits, right, hanging down, yeah. or zitziot, and they think, oh, they're under the law, or hey, you know, they start to pick at it, you know, right. that's done away with. Right. Look, people, I mean, praise God that he gives us such simple instructions that are easy to keep. You know, in the Hebrew roots, one of the cool things is because we're made up of the multicolored coat of Joseph, right? Yeah, different ethnic groups. We got all kinds of people doing all kinds we of cool stuff. We can't have racism in, <laughs> yeah, that's in this right. part of our house. That's true. It's like Baskin Robbins. You know, and it's true about Beit Tehili. You come here and guess what? There's all kinds of different ethnic England, groups of people. India, Mexico. Uh, Puerto, Rico, Puerto Rico, Cuba. Cuba. Oh, yeah, man. I'm telling you. 
We've got it going on black, white, I mean, Asian. So let's close it out, Ryan. So what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Shalach send forth, Numbers 13, 1 through chapter 15 and verse 41 from a consensus of the group. So so let me give you my two, Ryan, and then I'm going to let you close it out because you're, you're doing so awesome. You're a good disciple. You're so funny. You're so faithful. I mean, we're in our third season, everyone. And this year, a little praise report, we've hit over 13,000 podcast listens which is greater than the previous two seasons. So this thing is going to grow. Oh, yeah. Because why? God's glory will fill the earth. God gets all the glory. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's, you know? right. That's why God created us. So number one, here's a lesson. Do not alter God's purposes. Don't let nobody try to talk you out of loving Israel or being a part of Israel. If you're grafted in and you're not Jewish, don't let nobody talk you out of that. Don't let nobody talk you out of not going to the land. You need to go to the land. Don't go to the land. You need to go. So do not alter God's purposes. Okay. Now, uh, real quickly here. I, I, I just got a thought. I just got a thought. <laughs> I just want to show you guys something real, that should encourage you when, in regards to the, the seed of Abraham. Once again, I want to go to Romans. Okay. Ooh, Romans. I my, want to show you Romans. My here. favorite But We should do a Romans, you know, study at some oh, point. Romans is outstanding. Well, we do Leviticus every oh, year. Oh, listen. No, we missed it this year. I don't want to talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Romans 9, 8. Here's Paul sent to the Gentiles. He's sent to the nations. And look at what he says in the book of Romans 9, 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Wow. It's those that are going after it. It's those that are going after it. So do not alter God's purposes. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two from this Torah portion. Every single person has influence. For those of you that are listening to this podcast, hey, Ryan and I, we love you. We love you. We love you unconditionally. We love you. And guess what? God loves you. And you're good enough. And you're going to make it. Remember that. You to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, so you need to love yourself. So every single person has influence. Amen. Remember that. Yes. And that's also your testimony and your witness. And by the way, the word overcomers or to overcome is throughout the book of Revelation in the very beginning. So what are you saying, Pastor Nick? You are an overcomer. Say it. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. That's right. I am an overcomer. You know, I got to say a lot of things too. You know, like one of the things I like to say is that I am not a failure. I am a son of God. That's right. Amen. So my two were this. Number one. Be a good witness, okay? Be a good witness. Um, you know, the truth is sometimes hard to discern if we're looking with our eyes, amen? And so being a good witness is to look with more than your eyes. Uh, my second thing was keep the Shabbat. If you're listening to the sound of my voice and you uh, don't know what it means to keep the Sabbath, just set the Sabbath apart. Don't work on that day. Don't kindle fire, right? Go and look in God's word. Start with the basics. Get together with your family on Friday night. Have a meal. Prepare everything for the next day so that you can have, have rest. Study God's word on that day. Set it apart. Make it a day devoted to him. Keep the Shabbat. It's important. It's so important that the guy that disobeyed here was made an example of so that it would save the rest of the congregation from breaking the commandment of God. Um, and that we should take that as an example for us as well. Amen. So that's what I have today. Wow, man. I'll tell you what, these tour portions are good. Next week we get to talk about Cora. I, um, you know, 
we've been lamenting Cora for a while. I think we lament Cora, and I think we lament the guy, you know, you know, breaking the Shabbat here by picking up sticks or whatever he was doing. Um, I think we lament these things because we see a little bit of ourselves in it, right? And we see that we could all be guilty of these sins. We could all be guilty of not taking the things of God seriously and rebelling against leadership. How many times do we rebel against leadership, either subtly or overtly? Amen? So uh, be looking forward to that next week. Uh, we're going to have some good stuff, uh, some good insights on it. I want to just bless all of you guys. I thank you for um, you know, listening to this podcast. I thank you for those of you that support us uh, by donating online, by sharing, for by praying for us. Um, I'd love to reciprocate and pray for whatever your needs are. You can email me at ryan at topraise.net, ryan at topraise.net. And uh, like I mentioned, I'm going to be getting our social media accounts, um, you know, up and running here shortly. Uh, so on Facebook, it's going to be Christians with Torah. And the same thing uh, will be on YouTube and also on Twitter and Instagram. So uh, just be looking out for those things. We love you guys. We want to just bless you. Uh, if you want to reach out, like I said, Ryan at praisenet Don't forget to live stream our service at um, twopraise.net or on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and all that. Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Shabbat. We love you guys. Have a great week.